0: This is Paul Schneierman today on the 26th edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Today, we have a very special guest. We have an attorney, author, and musician, Neville Johnson. As a musician, Neville performs under the stage name Trevor McShane. I want to give a little background about you, Neville, to the listeners. Uh, Neville Johnson is a Southern California native, a graduate of UC Berkeley and Southwestern Law School. Neville practices entertainment and litigation law in the L.A. Hollywood region. Neville has been referred to by the Los Angeles Times as a go-to lawyer and one of the most feared litigators in Hollywood. Neville has represented many Hollywood celebrities and others. Over a four-decade career, Neville has recovered, I believe, more than $350 million for actors, writers, and other clients. He contends for short change for their share of royalties and profits. Neville uh, has taken on a lot of the big studios that include Universal, Paramount Pictures, 20th Century Fox. Uh, besides practicing law, Neville's a musician. He's also an author of two books about the late famous UCLA basketball coach John Wooden. Neville has written two books about John Wooden. One is John Wooden, Wooden Pyramids of Success. The second is Woodenisms. Um, Neville's a uh, biographer of, of John Wooden, has a lot of great insights about this uh, historic figure. Um, Today we're going to talk a little bit about Neville's career His thoughts on some legal issues We're going to have a special discussion on sports and stuff About Coach John Wooden and his legacy John Wooden who passed I believe in 2010 Coach UCLA men's basketball team To 10 national championships Um, Real legend, great guy John Wooden Picked by the Sporting News as the greatest coach of all time Well Neville, thank you for coming on Sports and Stuff On Rainier Avenue Radio
1: Pleased to be here, thanks
0: yeah. Is this your first time you've done an interview on a Seattle or a Pacific Northwest base station?
1: Is it the first time I've been uh, on, on a regular station in Seattle?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or the World Wide Web, but we're Seattle-based. Well, good. Good. I, we, we can be a little unique here that we can uh, get you on. Well, Neville, I've done a little pre-show research about you. You've had a very interesting life and career. And I believe in one of your John Wooden books, you write – you. you you um in the in the beginning of the book recognized your parents and tell us what influence your parents have had on your law career and your life
1: well they're the most powerful influence in my life the second being John Wooden and uh, you know I had great parents who were very well educated highly educated my father went to Yale and um, I went to the right you know, to, the, to all the top prep schools, Loyola High in L.A., and uh, so I. Uh, and I learned early on that being a lawyer was could be a cool or a great profession, uh, particularly if you like to argue, which apparently I am since I was youth. So, uh, my parents encouraged me. I mean, what's wrong with having a profession? This is a good one.
0: Well, two lawyers talking today, and, and I uh, appreciate your feedback about the legal profession. I think we get kind of a raw deal. A lot of, there's a lot of very honorable lawyers out there, and uh, unfortunately, there's some stereotypes that, that aren't always fair either. Well, Neville, I'm not going to spend the whole time talking about law. I mean, some, sometime if I have you back, we could, we could talk more about uh, some of your legal cases. But a cu- couple legal things I want to discuss with you before we hit on John Wood and Neville is I know you've worked a lot. In cases involving people's privacy rights And one interesting issue that you've worked on Is the revenge porn issue Horrible situations when people Retaliate against others out When they're out to embarrass people through porn And there's a lot of predators out there Neville, do, do you think that more statutes Are the answer to combat revenge porn? Give me your feedback on what, what we can do To um, decrease revenge porn
1: Well, there are criminal statutes in place uh, in a number of jurisdictions, so that's a help. Um, The uh, Internet service providers, as a general rule, are uncooperative when it comes to this kind of stuff ordinarily, and they have to be prodded and pushed. And It also happens in the case of defamation. They just don't care, or invasions of privacy much of the time. But if it's revenge porn, you may be able to induce the internet service provider to take it down. Would more statutes be helpful? Absolutely. And on a on a federal level, and while we're talking about this generally, let me just let everyone in your audience know. Sure. Section Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which is a, which is a federal statute, immunizes, in other words, you cannot sue an internet service provider if somebody puts up something that is defamatory or an invasion of privacy. And that's just wrong. Uh, I was at a, a meeting the other day, and they had a lawyer from Google there, and I said, suppose somebody puts up and says uh, that so-and-so is a child molester, and it's totally untrue, and it's going to ruin his career and his family relations. Are you going to do anything about it? And the guy from Google said, no, Section Two Thirty, attorney. We don't have to do anything, and we don't have the resources to do it.
0: Congress I'm needs to change that. Myself,
1: I thought, you don't have the resources. <laughs> You're like one of the top five corporations in the world. So any newspaper would have to retract. It's time for the Internet service providers to man up, step up to the plate.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a real problem right now. Uh, Neville, what do you think of, of how some civil libertarians believe that some of these anti- revenge porn statutes may have some First Amendment problems. What's your take on on that issue?
1: You know, there's a a give and take for everything in this country uh, on almost every single issue. But take a look at what's going on overseas, where there there are much more intense and serious restrictions on privacy in the European uh, economic community. And we should be doing that. But the lobby is so powerful of the internet service providers. Google alone, I believe, has 300 lobbyists on Capitol Hill. That so it's a very very intimidating. But in today's climate, um, with the president and his attack on the press and the problems that we've had with Facebook of uh, not to uh, keep taking care of its own house, it may be time that people may be loosening up, the senators and the and the, and the uh, legislature, to want to do something about it. But it's becoming an increasing problem each day as the society becomes more aware of how our privacy is being manipulated.
0: Big subject. We're not going to solve it in, in this interview, but big, big, big subjects there. This is Paul Schneierman of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with John Wooden, biographer and Hollywood power lawyer. Neville Johnson. Neville, uh, I'm, I know you've done a lot of work, and I mentioned this in, in the introduction. We represented actors and writers who've been shortchanged or allegedly were shortchanged over profit participation deals. Uh, I know you've you settled a $26 million class action. You've done a lot of work. We've taken on some of the big Hollywood studios. This may sound like a naive question, Neville, but but what is it about actors and writers and in, in studios There there seems to be a lot of litigation. Is that just a stereotype, or is it just the same as any other business in terms of litigation issues?
1: Do do I want to say that the uh, entertainment and movie industry in particular is sleazier than any other business? No, is it more litigious, uh, I guess? Banking or cars? No. Is, Is it fraught with horrible abuses of talent? Absolutely. And why does that happen? because they have the power and the money and they're greedy and they their attitude is uh... if we do something wrong we'll let them prove it let them do it and that is expensive and for many people talent they're afraid that they're going to get blacklisted and you know what that's a legitimate concern overall so um, <clears throat> it's been going on and will continue until uh... we stop making movies
0: yeah, no, I appreciate your insights. I mean, where I'm not in L.A., or this is Seattle-based show, but it just when you read things in the media about Hollywood and studios, it just seems like there's a lot of lot of litigation, but. Uh, but you know that industry real well. Neville, you've had a lot of famous clients. I, I know you represented uh, the widow of J- the late John Lennon, Yoko Ono. You represented one of my favorite actors, the late Jack Klugman, who died in 2012. He played Quincy M.E. in that great TV show. What was it like working with Jack Klugman, uh, Neville?
1: Jack was a gentleman uh, and uh, a class act uh, and was most proud of having done Quincy, where he said, you know, look, I stayed at the studio two or three nights a week. I'd sleep there. I'd do casting. I'd do work on the scripts, et cetera. And, uh, so we sued for not getting the full payment he should have gotten. And his response at the time was, I don't want their money. Uh-huh. I just want my money. So, you know, he, he was brave enough to take on Universal and, uh, he was a good guy.
0: Yeah, no, that's a real historic actor you worked with. And are you in touch at all with Yoko Ono? Has it years gone have it gone on?
1: Uh, we're yeah, we're in touch.
0: Good, good. How, did, how, did you enjoy working with Yoko Ono as a client?
1: Did I did what?
0: How, did you enjoy working with Yoko Ono as a client?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's fun.
0: Yeah, we've had a lot, a lot of a lot of famous clients. I, if I had more time, I'd like to ask you more. Real quickly, before we go into John Wood Neville. Uh, there was a recent U.S. Supreme Court opinion that makes it easier for employers to block employees from pursuing class action cases. What do you think about the, the right to a civil jury trial being on continual assault?
1: This is one of the biggest problems in the United States of America right now. Every contract that you sign when you rent a car or sign up for a credit card says you have to go to arbitration and you waive your rights to to participate in a class action well that just eviscerates uh any real remedy because as one uh, law of uh, supreme court justice said who's going to sue over $17 so it's a big big problem and 80% as i understand it of all employer employee contracts in america now say you have to go to arbitration and you waive a class action as well, so a lot of these wage and hour cases where people aren't getting their mill breaks uh, and aren't worthy of being individual cases uh, are not going to be brought uh, hereafter so that's a that's a terrible problem, and it's not going to change until we get a uh, a Congress that has the mindset to do so and uh, who knows maybe that'll happen if there's a democratic Congress, but right now that's the law in this country and here's what the grief is about arbitrations. It is thought by many that the arbitrators are biased in favor of the companies. Why? Because they give them all a business. And if you ever really rule against them seriously, they may never work again for that company or in that industry. And that's a very real problem overall. So Big problems. Uh, arbitration, yeah, ar- and, and, you know, it costs a bloody fortune sometimes to... Well, hire these arbitrators. You're getting 500 bucks an hour. Now, there is a, a rule in some states that says, well, if you're an employee and you don't have the money, then they have to pay, the employer has to pay for the cost of the arbitration. Well, that doesn't sound so good either to me, but it's, I suppose it's the only workable solution.
0: Access to courts is a huge issue. We hear a lot about Roe v. Wade, which is very important, but access to courts is a huge issue that uh, the next Supreme Court uh, justice is going to have a role in and, and the whole thing scares me i think two bl- plaintiff lawyers talking right now i think we're, we're on probably similar pages on this this is paul Schneierman of sports and stuff on rainier avenue radio with my special guest attorney and author neville johnson neville let's move on to john wooden um how did you as a uc berkeley graduate and southwestern law graduate i don't believe you went to ucla how did you become so interested in the late great john wooden
1: well, it was 1982 or so, and that's when I was uh particularly working with Yoko Ono, and I thought, well, I've achieved everything I wanted to achieve. I have the biggest group in the history of rock and roll, and I saw this thing called the Pyramid of Success on somebody's wall, and I said, who did that? And he said, John Wood, and I said, the basketball coach? He goes, yeah. Well, I became interested in that philosophy because it's non sectarian, totally logical, and... uh I wanted to learn more about it. So I have i had been a journalist in college to some degree, and uh, I decided I was going to find Coach Wooden and talk to him about it. So I called him up, said, I'd like to come talk to you about it. He said, okay. And then I said, I'd like to interview you. And then uh, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. He said, okay, fine. And I said, I want to write a book about you. He said, no, my wife is ill, and I haven't got the time. So I wrote the first few chapters, sent it to him, and a month later, it came back redlined by him. And that was the genesis of it.
0: Isn't that something? Did you, did you get to know John Wooden pretty well personally, Neville?
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I interviewed him six or seven times. Uh, I got to know him. I mean, uh, yeah, I got to know him, but I wasn't like tight, like uh, Kareem or Walton or many of the other players.
0: Yeah, but, but I, you got I, to know him a little honored. bit. I'm going to ask you. You know, he,
1: he, was, he was awesome. Awesome.
0: Quite a guy. What, what what do you think made him stand out so much on the integrity and ethics ends? When, when people, when American sports fans think of coaches that had and have integrity, the name John Wooden always comes up. What made him stand out so much?
1: Well, he was a very moral guy. He never smoked. He never drank except once. He, and he, he used to smoke uh, a bit, but he gave that up many years before. And Basically, he he said, you know, uh, I asked him, why weren't you ever on the leadership of the Coaches Association? He said, well, Neville, I, after the games, I, I didn't go to the bars. I wanted to be home with my wife or whatever. And uh, so he he lo- he just was a, a saint in so many words, just a very moral guy who lived his life the way he thought it should be. And uh, and he did, for the most part. I try, As a lawyer, and you know this too, my job, much of the time, is to disprove the credibility or diminish the credibility of the other side. And so I go and I look right. for all the peccadilly and wrongdoing of somebody so I can catch them in a lie or show that they uh, are uh, you know, not uh, up to uh, what they say they are. <clears throat> I did that in Coach Wooden. I interviewed 200 people, and you know what? The conclusion is that he's everything people say he is. He he was just a man of incredible skill and class. The other thing I want to say about Coach, for, well, for, one thing about him is his family. He was very influenced by his father, who uh... taught him the you know the the rules of life and how to how to operate. But Coach Wooden once said, you know. <clears throat> Family is first, and then the Lord. And I hope the Lord will understand. And so he had it in perspective what life was about. And uh, he, so his, his daughter said, unless you had been at the game, you uh, and this is after a game, you would have no idea who won. Because he was completely unemotional about it. His, his whole deal... His entire philosophy is to do your best all the time. All Success business Success is peace of mind. Success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction and knowing you've made the effort to do your best. And the key ingredients are enthusiasm and hard work and going after a great and difficult challenge, which he calls competitive greatness.
0: Yeah, Neville, one thing you mentioned that was interesting, and I read your book the other day, is that Wooden was never really in the college coaches fraternity, was he? Not at all that's not
1: to say that he didn't have friends right? um, but you know that's a that's a a lot of sharp elbows there overall and he did have a lot of great friends but he's you know he played his own game and he another thing that I liked about him is he said said, I scouted less than any other coach out there because uh, for me it was all about fundamentals we let him know exactly what we're going to do and then we roll into town and mow him down and that's what he did
0: Neville, you know, one thing I read is John Wooden was so universally respected, but one person who seemed to have some issues with John Wooden is Coach Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight apparently was critical of some of Wooden's interactions with a UCLA alum. Give me your take on what Bobby Knight's issues were with John Wooden.
1: It's not in the book because I ran into, I saw Bobby Knight, uh, I'm going to say about five years ago, and and I asked him if I could interview him. About Wooden, and he wrote me back a very a letter that was very nasty about Wooden, saying that Wooden effectively was a cheater of some sorts Oh gosh! Because because during the time that Wooden was there, there was a booster named Sam Gilbert who uh, was close particularly to some of the black athletes, and who was alleged to have scalped their tickets and bought them items or given them jobs that they didn't have to work at, etc. Wooden knew of Gilbert but had nothing to do with him and couldn't control Gilbert. Gilbert was ultimately banned by the NCAA after Wooden had retired Uh, but he felt that there was I guess uh, improper recruiting uh, as a result of Gilbert and or other malfeasance by him overall I think it's Sour grapes. he's He's a caustic, difficult guy, and there are some detractors who say that, yeah, you know, Sam Gilbert was, should be, is a, is a, looked at it much more importantly in terms of what he did. I don't think so overall.
0: Interesting analysis.
1: Uh, there's boosters at every school.
0: Yeah, interesting analysis. Well, I just thought that was interesting. John, you're right. Bobby Knight is not known as the warmest guy in the world, but I thought his comments were kind of interesting. Well, we only got like, believe it or not, six or seven minutes left, Neville. I want to get a few more uh, topics in about John Wooden. Um, one thing about John Wooden, tell us how he and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, then Al Alcindor, developed such a close relationship. They were such different men in so many ways. Give, give a little analysis on that, uh, Neville.
1: First of all, I want to commend... Everyone, to read Kareem's book called Coach Wooden and Me. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. And Wooden said, I learned more about the human race from Kareem than anybody else. He said, You have no idea what it was like to be with Kareem and hear people say, Look at that big black freak. And, you know, Kareem is a very intelligent guy and also very. Sort of, I don't know, reserved. Uh, also, but he loved Wooden, and Wooden loved him, and that's uh, really the the story of it all. And then Wooden had, had won his first championship with, with his shortest team, and then he got Kareem, and he spent the summer talking to Wilt Chamberlain and other coaches about how to handle how to deal with a big man uh, on the team, and so he was able to teach and coach uh Kareem into being the skyhook king that he became and let's remember that Kareem ended up with the highest uh, what amount of points in the in history yeah, the they they, had, they were quite for a the, for player. pro ball.
0: They were for quite a ball. player coach team. Uh, again, Paul Schneiderman hosts the sports and stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with author and Hollywood power lawyer Neville Johnson. Now, but real quickly, what's a, what's a nugget? Give, give me something that people don't know about John Wooden. Throw out one nugget that a lot of Wooden experts don't know about.
1: That he was super educated and smart and had a degree in English literature and wrote poetry and recited poetry, and that he was extremely witty uh, with everybody all the time. He had a twinkle in his eye. And the other thing about Coach Wooden is that he was nice to everybody all the time.
0: Real gentleman, So that,
1: you know, his daughter said, we'd be at a parking lot in a hotel, and we'd have to pull him away because he would just chat up. The parking attendant or whoever it, would, it, 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 it could have been. So he treated the, the, the president of the United States the same way as he did uh, anybody who was he met along, along the way. In other words, I, think, I my, my mother once said to me, what would you like on your grave? And I said that he was kind because I think that's the greatest char- characteristic a, a person should have. And I would say that's what I would say about Coach Wooden, is that he was kind and he was thoughtful about others all the time.
0: Well, you seem like and, a terrific uh, man. Uh, real, real quickly, uh, wh- where do you think John Wooden today would be on some sports issues that are going on, Neville? Where do you think he'd be on this whole Colin Kaep- Kaepernick National Anthem NFL dispute? Just Where would Wooden be on 2018 on that issue, you think?
1: Well I guess I'll analogize it to uh Bill Walton laid down on the on a Boulevard during the Vietnam War protests and I, I think he got arrested and uh but he was exercising his First Amendment rights and I think that Wood respected uh people exercising their first amendment rights, but I don't think he approved of it, uh, overall. Uh so I I don't think I think he would be He'd be probably okay with it if people wanted to do it. I mean, he'd probably recommend that, that don't come out on the field.
0: You know, Neville, we read a lot of books. We read a lot of books. Like, where would Lincoln be today? I asked you, where would a John Wooden be today on some on some issues? So it's always kind of interesting to think where a historic figure, Mayor, would could be on a, an issue going on today. So uh, what, what is your favorite John Wooden quote, Neville? There, there's so many of them. Can you throw out one that you really enjoy?
1: Well, he's the most famous for uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail and be quick but don't hurry. But a couple I like are, is the softest pillow is a clear conscience. And uh, another would be, uh, isn't it amazing how much can be accomplished if nobody cares and gets the credit? And also, the star is the rest of the team. Those are several.
0: Great quotes for life in general. Uh, Neville, so you, we hear a lot about famous people who sometimes get approached for political office. In your state, of course, Ronald Reagan, Arnold Schwarzenegger were celebrities and later became politicians. W- w- did John Wood ever running ever consider running for public office? That ever come up at all?
1: Absolutely not. And he also never wanted to coach uh, in the pros, although he was he was approached to do that. He was offered uh, at one time. I believe there was a discussion for him to coach uh, a baseball, a professional baseball team because he loved baseball. I read that, but he didn't do that. He just loved college ball. And I'll mention one other thing. If you, if you were talking about what he would have disapproved of today, yeah, he he could he would be so, he was so unhappy about players being to leave being able to leave after a year and go join the pros because he wanted he said to all of his student-athletes, he called them, you're here for an education first and then to play basketball.
0: He wasn't a one-and-done guy. That, that's really interesting, uh, Neville. Um, real quickly about about Wooden. He, he and Bill Walton had kind of a complicated relationship, though, didn't they?
1: Well, Bill, Bill was a guy who liked to test the boundaries at times. And... Uh, the famous story is that he showed up with hair that wouldn't say was too long, and he said, "You're, you're not going to play. And, and you know, and and they uh, said, "I don't want to get my haircut." They said, "Well, Bill, <laughs> we're sure going to miss you." So Bill hopped on his bicycle, got a haircut, and and he did it. But you know, I what a fascinating guy Walton is there's a guy who had a terrible stuttering problem and now he's a major broadcaster
0: yeah I'm no I see, I see him I see him up in Seattle broadcasting UW games at times well Neville uh, we're almost done we have less than a minute left and I've really enjoyed uh, having you on and I recommend the listeners read your books John Wood and Pyramids of Success and Woodenism and maybe i get you back next time we can talk more about your music career you, you operate on the stage name Trevor McShane but what's in the future for uh, Neville Johnson
1: well, uh, I'm going to be filing a lot more class actions in the coming weeks on, in the entertainment industry. I've got a, uh, a novel coming out in the, in the next few months, Great. Uh, and also a book of poetry. I have a book of poetry already out of love poems called What Took You So Long, and I've got another one in the works of 50 or so secret agent poems, in which I write about secret agents.
0: Well, we look forward to seeing them. Well, Neville, thank you so much for, for coming on Sports and Stuff, and it's you and I. Stay in touch. Thank you. You take care.